The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program here where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, an e-learning, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. Apply by going to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, Georgia's Box. Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be, I guess, a Padres fan. It's probably a sick day to be a Padres fan. I've just been thinking all day about, like, one dude in, and this is a person I totally made up in my head, wearing fucking Oakleys, rollerblading by the beach in a Greg Vaughn fucking Padres jersey. Just like, finally we're back, baby. That's all I've been thinking. degrees, sunny, happy, good mood. It's, it's, it's great to be a Padres fan right now. They're really the only team going for it. And to be honest, it's not super fun you know, to be a Yankee fan, at least this week. And it's been a while since we, we talked. We've caught up. I know we did 15 minutes the night we got eliminated, which sucked. And then we did another one. But you know, I did not handle this you know losing this year and this elimination very well last year you know when we got walked off by Altuve that was a lot easier for me to accept because I didn't think we had any shot of beating Cole in Houston in game seven so that really didn't bother me as much but this year you know the reason it hurt obviously the year was tough brutal year for everybody but to have your ace on the mound and, and to lose to a division rival uh, in a game five in a do or die game with another back-breaking Chapman home run it was just it was just really hard for me to accept, and I really thought we could have beat Houston in the LCS, and it just really bothered me because, you know, it, that could have made the whole year worth it. I mean, it was a shitty year for everybody, but if we could have just won the World Series, that would have erased everything for me and erased all the bad stuff that happened. So, you know, I took two weeks. 
I got off of Twitter. I didn't watch any playoff baseball, and now I'm just kind of starting to get back into it after the reset. So how have you been handling this? How did you take this elimination, and, and what have you been up to? Well, I mean, it just wasn't a real season. So, like, from the beginning, I didn't really give a fuck. Yeah. Like, that – I just put that – like, I put that face on. Like, whatever. It was fucking stupid. Who gives a shit? Like – um, like all I remember about the playoffs after us was like there was an exciting game in the World Series, I think, like an exciting ending. I, and enough that I was just like, I choose not to participate. Like it was all of Twitter and I was like, nope, I'm not here today. I'm just, I'm buried in work or whatever it is I had to do. Um, and then just was waiting for free agency and like, how was it all going to, like, like, how is it all going to unfold, like, all baseball-wise? So it was like, because in reality, I really just went like, oh, we lost the election. Like, that's all it was, was just the election. I chose not to participate in anything else. I was like, you know what's healthier for me? Diving into this cesspool. Um, yes! It's like, what's the worst thing you can do for yourself? That's better than thinking about the Yankees. So, yeah, I just, like, threw myself into that, and it was just like, free agency, but, like, more of how is it going to go, like, for the league? Because, like, are there winter meetings? Because, you know, some of it, I think, is just, like, peripheral. Even if you're not, like, fully, you know, paying attention to the winter meetings, if you're a baseball fan on Twitter and you follow enough, like, baseball stuff, it just pops up. Like, it takes over your feed because every reporter's there, like, real reporters. Then you've got your John Boys, your Carabases. You know, those guys who it's like, ah, you know, we're we're playing in a similar space. Like, that's so cool to see them do it. Um, but not having that this year was like, it kind of, it, it lets it get deep into my brain. Like, of just like, I forget about it. And then I think about DJ LeMayhew. And then I'm angry that I'm a mad boy. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And last year, the winter meetings was a giant party. You had Cole, Rendon, and Strasburg that went back to back to back. And Boris, you know, made a billion dollars in three days. And you're like, oh, free agency's back. This year, obviously, it's dead again. And yeah, I mean, DJ, that's probably what we're going to talk about most. It's pissing me off the amount of Yankee fans. And most of them are in high school, like these analytical nerds on Yankees Twitter. And they're like, we could take DJ's money and spread it out to a couple relievers or get some depth. It's like, shut up, man. If you don't want to bring DJ LeMahieu back, I I don't want to talk to you at this point. Yeah. I mean, people just watched Moneyball one too many times. (laughs) Seriously. And are just like, well, DJ touched, you know, a hundred something bases. We just need to replace that with Fuck out of here, man. We need a guy who bats lead off, hits 10 home runs to start a game. Like, there's 10 right there. You've got 10 first four pitches of the game home runs. And he's going to bat 330 at least. I mean, yeah. No, you don't replace that with something else, especially when it, he's not doing it at, like, and I get it because normally it's the opposite. Now we're happy he's not doing it at 26. Like, he didn't have – if he had last year's season at 26, it'd be like, back the Brinks truck up. We're actually talking about, like, a tremendous 10-year, $28 million a year. Like, we're talking about almost $300 million contract if he's 26. What is he, 31? He's 32. 32 in July. We're talking about four-year contract, a reasonable four-year contract. He wants a fifth year. I think there's some wiggle room in there to get this done. But, you know, they don't run the organization off of us, like off of the fans. And, you know, and that's smart. But, I mean, what are we doing here? It's just, it's just keeping our guy. You just get it done. People are happy. Exactly, and I do think it sends the wrong message to play hardball with a guy like DJ, a guy that has come in and done every single thing asked of him, and then some. And on a team that we've talked about lacks mental toughness, lacks physical toughness, 
he's probably the toughest guy they have. And he shows up every day. He's a grinder. He's no bullshit. There's never any issues, no soft tissue injuries. The guy just show up, hits and plays. The other thing is he he can play every position in the infield. So when other guys inevitably go down, you know, he can mask a lot of those those depth problems with injuries by switching to third and then switching to first and then coming back to second. So I don't think he's replaceable at all. Like I don't think there's a way to let him go and get better at all. So that's exactly what I've been thinking is normally in one of these situations, it almost feels like we're going to arbitration with him. Because he said, like, I want to be here. We haven't heard rumors of flirting with anyone else. Every one of his teammates is like, he wants to be here. He should be here. Everything about that. He's he's happy. He loves you. Um, and when you go to arbitration, it's awful because they're just like, yo, hey, I'm really good. This is why I want to get this. And they're just like, here's a booklet of why you suck. But you're still here. And... Normally, in, in those cases or like other free agency thing, it's like, oh, well, we could do this. We have this prospect. Da, da, da. We could make a trade. We could whatever. Our only other option, our two options are sign DJ LeMayhew or be a worse baseball team. Like, that's it. Just, <laughs> there's no – we don't – right now, the Yankees, the 2021 Yankees roster, as it is, is worse than the 2020 roster that wasn't that good. Yeah, it's much worse in a lot of ways. And look, people are whining about the fifth year. I'm not worried about what it, what is it going to be, 2025 or whatever. I'm worried about 2021. And he's a guy that I think is going to age fine. We talked about Jeter led the league in hits at age 38. DJ's got the same build, the same swing. He stays relatively healthy. I think he will be very productive into his mid to late 30s. I would not hesitate at all to pay him through 37. We're paying Stanton until he's 37. To be a 37-year-old first baseman? He'd yeah. be a thirty-seven-year-old first baseman batting two o, batting three o four. Exactly. Yeah, like, which would be fifty points less than this. Yeah. Year. But yeah, no, no concerns with him with age, and I don't think so. The rumor is he's asking for one twenty-five over five. I don't think that's that big of an ask compared to when you look at what he's done the last two years. So I don't think it's that big of an ask. Um, at the same time. I could see the Yankee. I can see why the Yankees don't want to pay that, but I don't think that we're far off. You know, like yeah. I don't think the Yankees were like, "Well, we were actually thinking two years at thirty million. Like, you know, we're not. It's not like some insane thing. What we, oh, you guys were thinking eighty to ninety over four. He wants one twenty-five over five. I mean, get this to one fifteen over five. With like, I don't know, maybe there's an option uh, for a sixth year with a at a low rate with a uh, you know uh, two million dollars if you walk something like that. Yeah, I mean, just just get it done, and I think they need to sign him and then add another middle infielder. We talked about last year and. The offseason into last year, I bitched constantly about the lack of middle infield depth, and that was one of the reasons they were basically a 500 team is they had Tyler Wade Tyler and Tyro Estrada playing all the time. So I'd like to sign DJ and then sign a, a legitimate backup shortstop that, that can actually play baseball and isn't Tyler Wade. That, that's what I want to do in the infield. Like a veteran, some veteran that's around that you get coming out of someone's spring training it was just a numbers game, so it didn't work out for him wherever. That isn't an automatic out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who's still got, who's got a, you know, who can hit a fly ball. Tyler Wade, it's all ground outs. <laughs> yeah, no, no more Wade, no more Estrada. Get a legitimate middle middle infielder in here. Or back up. you trade Aaron Judge along with prospects. I don't know who, whoever you got to, like, package up in that. You get Francisco Lindor. You sign DJ, and you just get fucking, hey, listen, Glaber, you're going to have an extra two months to get ready for the season. Get used to fly balls. Like, yeah. What did you think of Cashman's comments about Glaber and he him showing up out of shape? Did you think that was out of line by Cash, or do you think that was fair? No, I mean, it's – if he really fell that so I don't think that – and we'll talk about it, but I like I don't think you could get through to Gary Sanchez at this point. I think even like yeah. his comments of like I don't understand why I was benched. It's like, all right, so we're operating in different realities. 
Whereas with Glaber, and I don't know, some of it's because, like, I don't know, I know about his dad because you're obsessed with his dad. His dad's yeah. around, and I don't know that Gary's is. I'm just saying, like, he's there. We we talked about this last season. Like, his dad is there, like, in his life, like, consistently. We see him a lot, spending a lot of time with him, which is awesome because it keeps you grounded. Because he's not, you know, he, he doesn't have a whole family and everything. Um. You can send a message to him, I feel like. I feel like that's what Cashman was doing. Like, hey, you know. And also, you go out there, you hit 30-something home runs. You come back the next year, you kind of stink. Like, hey, we want the other we want the other guy. Because you look at Judge, big season, and now we've let it go a couple of years. So, like, ah, he's injured, ah, he's struggling, he's slumping. Gary, same thing. So keeping quiet maybe doesn't, you know, help. Yeah, no, definitely, and I definitely think there was some influence with Glaber in terms of being around guys like Judge and Stan and Voight, guys that are you know lifting heavy and, and hitting for power, and Glaber kind of being influenced by that, and I'm sure Cashman said to him, you know, I'd rather you be leaner and play 145 games, even if you don't hit 38 homers. Maybe you only hit 28 or 30 and, and you know, hit 280, 290 and play good defense. Like, at shortstop, it's more important, I think, to be on the field, to be a good defender and, and to hit for average. And that's what that's what Jeter did, and, and we all love him. So I don't need 45 homers from Glaber, but I need to see 140, 145 games, 280, 290. I mean, I know it was a 60-game season, but what did he, he hit like 230 last year or something. He was lost. Terrible. There was a good part yeah. of the season where he was lost, and it felt like he was pushing because, you know, and you give you take everything with a grain of salt from last year because, you know, it's, there was just all, you know, this show they had to go through to, you know – get it to the season, and then when you get to that, then they got to jump through hoops, which makes sense, but, you know, in terms of staying healthy. Um, that, yeah, you know, people are distracted, whatever. But, he, yeah, he looked like he had come in, like he'd come in a little big. He, you know, oh, now i got to go for 40. And it's like, that's not what we need you to do. We need you to be the shortstop for the Yankees, which is, you know, it's not an easy job to do, and you've got to be focused on it. And I think that's kind of what Cash was trying to, you know, no one's above being criticized here. Oh, absolutely. And, and when you look at him, I think he made, I think he made two errors in the in the ALDS. He's going into year four, and we still don't know: is he a shortstop? Is he a second baseman? Is, is he neither? I mean, he wasn't that great in the field at second. He was no. terrible at short last year. So he's got a lot to prove defensively. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know what his offseason workouts look like, but. You got to assume, because, uh, and I get it. You have the season that he had in 2019. Now you find out, you know, you go into that offseason not knowing if you're going to be the shortstop for the Yankees. You were the shortstop the first half of the season, made the All Star game as a second baseman. Like, you know, it was all over the place for him in 19. So you don't know what you're going to be. You find out, hey, you're going to be the shortstop. The world falls apart. Like, I get it, but now, like, yo, you know what the fuck it is. Like, get ready. It's I get taking your eye off the ball in that situation. Hey, I'm playing good. Just keep doing that play. There's not – you hit a point in your career where you either step up or you don't, and that determines, like, you know, and it feels like, you know, Gary, someone who hasn't done that. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that can lead right into the, the article that I think it was Marley Rivera – ESPN.com wrote a really weird article where I guess she interviewed Gary and Gary talked about how he had no idea why he was being benched and nobody talked to him. Dude, you're, you're 27 years old making $5 million a year for the Yankees. If you can't look at your numbers and understand what's going on, then, then, you, then you have a problem. I didn't understand his reasoning there at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just look at your life, Gary. Look at how often you are looking into the dugout from first base, second base, or trotting back to it after a home run when you go up to the plate versus the amount of times that you're walking back to the dugout watching yourself strike out on the Jumbotron and just seeing <laughs> how far off you were. Like, he's the king of, like, just cut me, just watching it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I want Gary Sanchez to play well. I've said that all along. But... People who are just like fucking all the highlights from the Dominican Winter League. He's hitting oh, it yeah. off. He's <laughs> hitting home runs off thirty-eight-year-old Double A 
like players. Yeah. Like if he wasn't doing that, we have a fucking problem. Yeah, we do, and it's very it's very hard because you know the talent's there. Like the exit velocity, he can hit the ball five hundred feet. He's six three, strong. Like you know the talent's there, and he just but he misses balls by feet. He he swings and miss, and he misses by a foot. He takes balls right down the middle, then he swings at a ball in the dirt. It's just maddening to watch his at bats, and occasionally he will guess right and he'll hit it. 450 feet and pimp the shit out of it but we know that we know the potentials there and save for 2017 and the first half of 2019 we, we really haven't seen that peak potential it's mostly been down other than you know that crazy 50 game start to his career in, in 16 when he's at home plate whether he's batting or catching the amount of balls that get past him are astounding it's, it's hard. It's more than you want. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, to to do this interview, and I, uh, you know, I know they're picking the headline there of like, I don't know why I was benched. Like, yeah, I mean, are you, I guess you're just a dumb person, you know? Just own it and keep it moving. But think, you know, any kind of sympathy is just not going to be there at this point. No, absolutely, and I and I've been a staunch Gary defender for you know most of his career, but there was really there was really no defending him this year, and you still had people that were like, oh, you know, we still Cashman even talked about how he had a great exit velocity, but you know if you're ripping 110 mile an hour ground balls right at the third baseman every time, and they know where to play you, and they're just throwing you out easily, it doesn't really matter how hard you're hitting the ball. So I'm kind of tired of hearing about his his exit velo when it, it doesn't really equate to actual production. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those, um, like, when, uh, in 2019, we were at a game, and who was DJ, oh, Frank. DJ hit a fucking ball to the warning track, and Frank Marco's like, oh, that's a, a 78 percentage point going to be a hit, and I was like, oh, well, it was in his glove, so I don't give a fuck about that, like, yeah. what are we talking about here? Yeah, no, great, your exit velocity's cool, but it's an out, you know, at a certain point, like, we're trying to break down... People try statistically to get away from just like, was it a hit? You know, where was it hit? Was it pulled and all this stuff? And they're breaking it down so much that we're losing the focus of not getting out. Like, he gets out a lot. And in an embarrassing way, it's not just like bad luck. You know, it's not that like, oh, you know, the di- what they say in Bull Durham, like the difference between being a Hall of Famer and not is like one extra base hit a week yeah you know and it's not like he's getting robbed of like a base hit a week like he looks lost and he even did in the first like two winter league at bats he looked lost he was doing the same shit he was doing in the playoffs yeah it's super frustrating and then when you factor in that he it didn't work with Cole and him and that Cole had to start using Higgy as his personal catcher. I mean, at least if Gary had been able to work with Cole and they were in lockstep, that would have been another positive development. And, you know, he could have hung his hat on that. But the fact that Cole doesn't like him, I mean, that just just hurts even more. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like being called lazy or anything. But, like, when you don't click with Cole, I'm going to always assume that it's a work ethic thing. Or, like, you don't believe in Jesus enough. He's you know, he's a Jesus guy. But, like, you know, otherwise he seems like if you're a dude who just shows up, works hard every day, and just tries to be good, and is, like, happy, like, hey, we get to play a kid's game for millions of dollars, so let's just make the most of it, I don't see how you don't get along with him. And I think that's one of the things with, um, like, him and Bauer, that, like, they don't like each other from college because he thought, like, Bauer was a weirdo and was, like, kind of, like, mean to him. And then I feel like Cole, and maybe I'm just making this up in my head, like, you know, has become an adult, like, pivoted that to, like, you know, if we just work hard, like, look, I'm the best at what I do. Yeah, I I agree completely. And then last thing on, on Gary, it's like, if you're bringing in Cole and you know Cole's coming in to be a pitcher, if you're Gary, you have to make that work. Like, you have to find a way to make that relationship work. It's the same thing for me and you. If somebody super established comes into one of our companies and we're supposed to work with them and, and kind of learn from them, like, you have to make it work. It's on you. It's not really on Cole. It's on Gary. He wasn't able to do that. You brought up Bauer. Let's talk about the rotation. Right now, it's Cole and then Prey. And I am very concerned. Yeah, let me tell you something people aren't going to want to hear. I could not imagine a worse fit to be on the New York Yankees than Trevor Bauer. 
as a player, love him. I watch his vlogs. I love everything about that. That doesn't click with the New York Yankees. It just, it's not going to work. They're going to be like, yo, we need you to not have a camera here. He's going to go home, make a video at home about how he can't have the camera there. It just turns in this off-the-field shit that we, that we don't need. Other teams can play through it. We cannot. Um, so we just got to take him off the, you know, off the list. Yeah, forget that. And it's another reason why we need to get DJ done. Because DJ is like, that's the first, you know, it's, what did we spend here? How Now how much money do we have left to spend? I get it. They're budgeting. But, like, that gets the Tanaka conversations going. Because at a certain point, like, the market's going to move. And, it, like, the Padres have just, you know, in the last 24 hours made some big moves via trades. But at some point, like, that could trigger, like, an avalanche has to get triggered at some point. These guys need to sign somewhere. And I, I worry about us sitting it out because right now we're looking at Cole, then Herman. And Herman had, like, eight good innings in the Winter League, and I was hyped for him. And, uh, yeah, no, and then he stunk. So... We've got those two. Then what? Jordan Montgomery, uh, Debbie, and Clark, and then yeah, yeah, fucking Sessa, Luizica. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> CC Sabathia used to be our number five starter. It, it's really bad and it's really frustrating. And I am I'm sick of hearing. Oh, Severino's the number two. Severino hasn't looked good since the beginning of 2018. That was almost three years ago at this point. And all I heard in all, all of 2019 was Sevy's going to come back and save the day. Sevy's coming back. And I'm not doing this again. I'm not sitting here waiting for Sevy to come back and save the day. If we get anything out of him, great. But the people that think he's just going to show up in May humming 99 again, fresh off of Tommy John, they're, they're idiots. You cannot count on him. To to be your number two starter in 2021. I mean, you got to remember that with the way just like the world is, I don't know where he is geographically right now. Like, is he in the Dominican Republic? Is he in Tampa? Who is he working with? Is he seeing the doctors? Like, is he having the regular course of recovery that a major league baseball player would have due to travel restrictions and stuff. Because some of these guys, they'll, you know, they'll be in, they'll go to the Dominican Republic for the offseason, fly back and forth for doctor's appointments, maybe even fly fly into Tampa for four days or, you know, whatever it is they have to do. But it's not as easy to do that. So I don't know, like, I, I just don't get if it's going to be, like, yeah, just like a normal recovery. If there's freedom to, you know, move about or, you know, if he's just set up somewhere, I just think to to agree with you, to assume that he's coming in and he's going to be the number two starter for the New York Yankees and it's going to be gravy. I mean, you might as well think the season's going to start on time. You might as well think unicorns exist at that point. And a big part for me, Tommy John surgery and, and coming back from it, it's work ethic, it's focus. This is a guy that didn't know what time a playoff game was starting that he was pitching in 2018. This is a guy that in 2019 basically refused to get in the MRI tube and it ended up costing him an extra two months of being on the IL. So I don't necessarily trust Seve to attack this rehab with 100% focus and, and determination because he's a guy that's lacked focus and, and had some issues in regards to maturity over the years. You know, if this was Cole coming back from TJ, I'd be like, boom, you know, he's attacking it like a bulldog, and he'll be fine. But I I have a lot of questions about Seve, and I'm certainly not counting on him for 2021, and I just think it's foolish that, that everybody's doing that. Yeah, I mean, we – I don't know where we go. I mean, it's like, how do you not bring Tanaka back the way things are shaping up, like the way the market's shaping up? Um. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a ton of movement, but there isn't a ton that's out there, like, just available. There are talks of trades, you know. We're not going to trade for Sonny Gray again. No, no. One of our questions, actually, is from Tim Veltry. What starting pitcher can you realistically see the Yankees signing before spring training? My answer is Corey Kluber. Just because typical buy low guy, he's super professional. His nickname's the robot. I think he'd fit very well in the Yankees kind of conforming culture on the Matt Blake connection. So... Uh, he'd kind of be my guy that I think they'd take a flyer on. 
is there a number two type pitcher that you realistically think we can acquire? Or do you think they're kind of just going to roll roll with this group? I like. I don't think we can just roll with this group. I mean, because at a certain point, it's like. So you got to factor in that they lost a lot of money this year because of no fans, right? People are excited to get back to the stadium. You're more excited and willing because we don't know what the situation is going to be, like how many people are vaccinated or, you know, like we still have no idea how any of that is going to work. And it's easier to get people to go if it's a good team. You know, I mean, because the prices are still going to be like crazy. So, like, am I going to go and bring my family and spend $600 on a Saturday? Oh, and you guys stink, and we're risking that, like, you know, my kids wear, can't wear a mask. Like, yeah, it's like the chicken or the egg thing because the, you know, the team, the ownership, are they going to want to? They're they're saying, you know, we don't want to spend a ton of money if we're not going to get the fan revenue, and the fans are saying we don't want to spend our money to go if you guys aren't going to pony up and get the players. So you're kind of stuck there, and yeah, we have no idea who's going to be able to go when. We don't. I mean, I don't think the season is going to start on time. I'm thinking Memorial Day. Um, somebody put a gun to my head. I would say April 1st for spring training and, you know, mid to late May to actually start the season. I don't know where you are with that. Yeah, I originally said it's going to be at least a month. Um, but, yeah, I think it's more like Memorial Day, just depending on how we, like, roll out the vaccine. Like, I think the players have to be vaccinated because then it just becomes, like, is the so like if the players get vaccinated is one thing, right? But like, does a security guard at George Steinbrenner Field deserve to be vaccinated more or less than I do or you do? You know, so it becomes that of like, can there is there enough around that like these guys can buy it up and set up their own, you know, administering that? I think that's going to be the question. Like, I don't think there's going to be a yeah, it's Florida, so there'll probably be fans at spring training, some fans. Um, but, yeah, you know, Memorial Day, I think, would make sense. You know, originally, I know we texted about, like, oh, maybe it'll be, like, 140-game season. I think we're looking now, you know, closer to 120, closer to probably just a 100-game season. Yeah, which which sucks, but, I mean, coming off of 60 and coming off of starting in late July, that, that's a big improvement. So I would And just being able to go, and being able to go. Being able to participate in it, being able to enjoy it, being able to watch games at bars, being able to be at the beach, like whatever, you know, whatever it may be that you're into, that, you know, all of that will make it much easier. Here's the thing that we totally forgot in planning this because we haven't been doing the show in forever. Ads. Ads. So I'm just going to read them. Hit it. Because I know I didn't send them to you. Yeah. So guys, here's some ads that help pay for the show. Buy their shit. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the mo- to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them uh, the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you can. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right now, go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I used to work in recruitment marketing. Indeed, actually legit. Actually a legit place to go find a job. Unless you know somebody who's just going to, like, word of mouth, like, refer you in. 
um, you know, like so you know about something directly like that. Indeed, great place to find jobs. That's just from my experience. They didn't write that. But the NBA is back in action, and football's headed to the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the all time great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. All one word. Bet online, your online wage, your online sportsbook experts. I almost said online wagering experts. That might be a competitor. I don't know. Dude, that was pretty good. I didn't even read those in advance. I stumbled a little bit. I am a little high. What are you gonna do? It, it was pretty smooth. We haven't done this in done this in a couple of months, so we got through it. We'll take it. Like during the season, I'm sober for these. But yeah, I was just like, I don't know. We, I was thinking about not signing DJ Lemayhew, and I was just like, I'm gonna smoke a little. <laughs> I can't blame you. We've complained about DJ. We've complained about the rotation. Now I need to complain about the bullpen because I think our bullpen is severely overrated. We have three good guys, Green, Chapman, and Britton. I think we were exposed in the playoffs. Obviously, we ran out of gas. Chapman lets up the homer to Brasso. I think they need to sign at least one stud reliever, ideally two. And I just think the bullpen is very overrated right now. We don't have a lot of depth there. Have you? It's just like kind of a recurring theme that, like, we need a better bullpen, we need a better rotation, we need a better it's middle, in, we enough. need a better middle infield, we need an outfield that can play because they're healthy. Maybe we're not a good team, <laughs> you know? Like, right now, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that we are heading into the twilight of when Aaron Judge could be. Like, oh, this is a great deal that we have. Like, it's going to get expensive soon, whether we keep him or not. You know, he's going to get paid. Gary is either going to be, like, either paid or walk away from him. Like, we're not going to keep him around as, like, a $10 million a year, con- you know, catcher. Um, we don't know where Glaber can play. We Our bullpen's maybe not that good. Cole and Prey. We're on, if it wasn't for the fact that we have that the judge situation, we have Stanton for forever. We just signed Cole. We have this promising labor. We'd be, like, we're a rebuild team. Yeah, it, and it's really sad. And you mentioned, you used the word twilight. The sad part is we've gone from, oh, this group's going to win a bunch. We got this bright future. They're going to win multiple championships. We should have two now. We should have two. Yeah, and now we're sitting here saying, I pray that this group can just win one. Like, forget Forget the next dynasty. Forget multiple whatever. You're just praying that this group can win one, and I'm not super confident. We're that they excited. Can do it. The rate we're excited because the other teams are getting worse. Like that's people yeah, like, oh yeah, Snell Snell's gone, so like that's good for us. But ha- we don't have DJ LeMahieu side. We you're right. Our bullpen is just not like someone had tweeted it. I think in response to us looking for questions that. Sevy might make sense out of the bullpen in 2021. Yes, we did. We did that. get that question. Do you, and that was from Greg, do you agree with that or would you just try and keep him as a starter? Can we get him back? You like, again, it goes back to not physically knowing like where he is. You know, are we going to get a guy who will be back in July and is going to go four innings five innings, four innings, pitch count, da-da-da-da-da, or is he going to be a guy that can pitch two innings twice a week out of the bullpen? And be the guy that Loisega was supposed to be if he didn't suck. Yeah, you know, and then build that up from twice a week to three times a week or whatever it is. Then look at where the rotation is after 2021, but, like, to get through 2021, I could see it. 
Yeah, the problem is we're stuck between a rock and a hard place because we need stud relievers and we need stud starters. So uh, the bottom line is we need a lot, and it doesn't seem like they're willing to spend a lot, and that's why I think me and you are frustrated. You look around, and for a team that has the highest payroll in baseball, they have a decent amount of holes, and they lack depth in certain areas, and I just don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to go out and address all of these holes and weak areas without the money coming in. Yeah, I, I think that's what everyone's waiting on is it's either some kind of decision about how financially it's going to work. I think for the Yankees, it's also like just – I don't think that is the ter- the determining factor in the DJ contract. I think they're just kind of buying time. It's I still think he's going to resign. I think the second whispers of like anything real happening – with him, like, talking to the Mets. Because, oh, Steve Cohen bought the Mets. So, like, everyone is like, oh, well, DJ to the Mets and this guy to the Mets. Like, once there's, like, a meeting or something, I think then the Yankees step up. But I think right now, and you could get left. You, you know, you play it cool as a guy. Next thing you know, she left the bar. You're exactly right. Although I will say with the Blue Jays thing, I don't think DJ wants to go live in Canada. They don't even have a... They don't even have a place to play next year as of now. I don't consider the Blue Jays the Blue Jays a, little, a, a legitimate threat, but it does seem like they're waiting around, waiting around for him to come back, and, and that can be that can be a dangerous game. Ryan Major actually asks, you know, what's the best route the Yankees can take to win a championship, and what's their number one priority in your eyes? And it's fucking re-signing DJ LeMahieu. I don't think there is any doubt that that's the number one goal here. I can't even think about anything else until until that gets done. I really can't. Listen, DJ LeMahieu is from, like, the middle of California. He's not going to Canada. But, like, there's a point where, like, you're being insulting. Yeah, like, we don't – there is not a clear path to winning a World Series because there are so many question marks and there's so many just, like, unanswered, like, how could this go – the Yankees could re-sign DJ LeMahieu, run it back with like pretty much the same team. Like if we could re-sign DJ, re-sign Tanaka, and then you know you got to make little pickups, bullpen arms, stuff like that. Sure. And that team could win a World Series, but that would involve Stanton being healthy the whole year, Judge being Stanton the whole year, them having their great, you know. The equivalent of over a 162 season of, you know, 60 home run seasons. Voight not, you know, I mean, Voight played out of his mind last year, but had a foot injury the whole time. Like, he misses half the season if it's not that short season and he's not toughing out. Like, if there wasn't the light at the end of the tunnel, he's shut down a long time ago. Um you know, Glaber worked hard in the offseason, and that's, you know, he's ready to go at short. Like, yeah, hey, great. Then that team could win the World Series. The odds of all those things happening, though, are very slim. So we need to re-sign DJ because that figures out what's left in the budget. Yeah, exactly. And to your point, re-signing DJ, all that does is gets us back to where we were last year, which was not good enough. And right now, we're even worse than that. I gotta be honest, man. This is this is kind of depressing me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I was thinking about like, what are we gonna talk about? And I was like, Nick's gonna be excited to talk, and then he's gonna be sad. Yeah, that's exactly. It's exactly how it came down. Really, really got to bring him back, and I'm worried. I think all Yankee fans are are worried about the rotation too. I think the fact that we don't have a legitimate number two star. I don't want to know just, Jonathan Lewisica exists. I'll say it. I don't yes. want to know that he's a person. I want to see something like I'm watching Sports Center one night because I'm not paying attention, and it's like, oh, this pitcher for the Brewers in the eighth inning of a blowout, caught a ground ball behind his back. This is maturity. Originally, I was going to say got hit with a line drive, but I've matured as an adult and sit behind the back. Um, And and they're like, oh, Jonathan Lewisica. And I'm like, oh, hey, he's alive. Good for him. Like, that's where I need him to be in my life. 
like along with Sessa. I don't I don't want to hear about him either. And and it's the same thing the way that people overhype Davey and Clark Schmidt and they keep putting these stupid trade proposals together on Yankees Twitter. I'm so sick of seeing do you think they would accept this? And it, it's like some stupid trade for Lindor, which isn't happening, or you know, for Luis Castillo, which probably isn't happening either. I think everybody overvalues, you know, our those depth guys, the Garcias, the the Schmitz, the Loisigas. Like they're really not that great. They're not gonna be the centerpiece to go get a Francisco Lindor or Luis Castillo. And, and yeah, I don't want to hear about them either right now. Here's the thing. With all of our prospects that we heard about for years, the best ones you don't hear about for years. You see them with your own fucking eyes or you trade them away. We, we hold on to these guys long enough for them to be exposed as not this, like, amazing team. You know, these amazing players. But, like, yeah, no, we've got, like, it's like, oh, we've got Sesso, we've got Loisica. It's like, great, with two Vidal Nunos. That's all that is. Yeah. Oh, my God, Vidal Nuno. We got Nestor back. That's been our big. Yeah. yeah. The big third game. Vidal Nuno. We've got the three Vidal Nunos right now. It's depressing. Andrea asked about Sanchez getting benched in the article. We already talked about that. Um, Super McNelson asked, do you think the Yankees will add a backbone this offseason? I sure fucking hope so, because they, they have I not don't. looked like they've had one. I recently. hope they do, but I don't think they will. Like, they're... No, I mean, this team just... This team has no balls, and the... I need... It, it kind of stinks. And I'm not saying we're not going to win. I'm not saying I'm not going to cheer for them. We need to get to spring training 2022. I need two years of Cole having to deal with all this shit, coming in there and just fucking dominating this team and, like, owning it. Like, I mean, I'd like it if they could all go into, like, quarantine together starting, like, March 1st and, like, just build the camaraderie. Like, it's tough. It's a tough situation because of all the distractions. But, like, the when they start playing, the world is going to be headed back to normal, and they need to be ready to pounce. And the players we have, I don't know that the sum of their parts is enough. The parts themselves are very good, but the sum of them just doesn't click. And it's like you said with Gary. Um, like, you don't get along with Garrett Cole. Like, I, you know, that's not great. But I'm fine with him having his own catcher, though. Because if you're going to pay a guy to be as good as he is, as much as he's getting, and he's like, yo, I'm just going to dominate this young man's mind, who he played high school baseball with anyway, so he's not really a young man. Ideally, it's only a younger kid in, in this analogy. And Gary, you just worry about hitting and doing those, you know, those other four guys. That's fine. But, like, those other four guys stink, so it's not going to be enough. We need to right. sign DJ because we need to just have the ability to start making moves. Exactly. That's the key to everything. And going back to the toughness and the backbone thing, Voight and DJ are really the only guys that you can look at at position player wise. Is like these guys are mentally and physically tough. Everybody else, at least for me, is a bunch of question marks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I mean, Brett Gardner's gone, right? Like there hasn't even been conversation around so. it. I, I hope so. And, and if he gets a dollar, if Brett Gardner, if we, if DJ doesn't come back because we had to give Brett Gardner $5 million, I'm going to kill myself. Like, he should not be taking anybody's money who's actually relevant, and I would be furious if, if that'd be the reason. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, there's been no conversation about it. So it's one of those things where, and I get it, he's saying, you know, at the end he was saying, like, I want to come back, I think I can keep playing, I want to go out to fans. And it was tough, like, seeing the CC thing. Did you watch yeah. that? Yeah, I did. What did you think of that? So I watched it out of curiosity of, like, I get why we would watch it. But going, you know, I was like, why would anyone else fucking watch this? Unless you were an Indians fan who's, like, around our age or, you know, that one, you know, you happen to be a Brewers fan and that's the most exciting thing that ever happened in your life. But, like, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. Like, who gives a fuck about CC? Very good documentary. Very interesting. I think they did a you know a really good job of uh, providing some of that background with his dad that either I didn't know or I didn't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gardy was featured in a lot of that, and then it's just like ah, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, you're not, you're not coming back. 
<laughs> You're not our guy. No, and if they wanted to have a $300 million payroll and you want to give Guardy $10 million, fine. But if we only have $220 million or whatever it is to spend, then, then Guardy can't get any of that money. And that's all got to go to DJ or go to pitching. And Joe actually asked, what would you consider to be too high for DJ? And I'd say I'd go up to – I'd probably go up to 150 whether that's you know six times twenty five or five times thirty, I'd be willing to go up to one hundred and fifty million. I don't. You don't give DJ LeMay, who's not thirty million dollars a year over five years. That's just like that's an ask no one should give him. And Maybe, I, but yeah. but uh, and other franchises are not so like the Blue Jays are not financially equipped to have a thirty seven year old, thirty eight year old. $30 million a year, DJ LeMayhew, who's, you know, not – if you're not playing MVP caliber baseball, they cannot afford that. So the competition there, like, that would just be us bidding against ourselves for no reason to go that high. Yeah, I mean, the question was, what are you comfortable with? So I'm saying if another team was willing to go to 140, if, then I would go to 150. But look, we can hold the line. Hopefully they'll hopefully they'll still get it done. I'd rather have them back for 90 or whatever. Like I said, it's just tough to see them playing hardball with a guy that's done everything, done everything right and everything asked of him. And I know we've been, we've been harping on DJ a lot. I'd like to finish up with a more lighthearted question that we got. I don't know if you could call it lighthearted. If you had to take a fastball from Chapman to the knuckles or a swing from Aaron Judge to the shins, which one are you choosing? I, I'm not getting in the box against Chapman, so I'll, I'll take my chances with uh, taking the bat from Judge to the shins. What about you? I'm, I would take the Chapman to the knuckles. Really? Like I'm holding a bat? Yeah, broke. you're going to break multiple fingers. and Yeah, but they hurt, dude. You're going to have a fucking rod in your leg, dude. I mean, put on a walking boot for a couple of weeks and, and walk it off. No, you're fucking Alex Smith. You're Alex Smith. <laughs> hey, judge, judge might miss. <laughs> I'm a lefty. I'm going to end up catching it on my right knuckles. So my right fingers and hand will be broken. I'm a lefty. Like, whatever. Fuck it. I just have a cast. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm at picking 35. Up. I'm 35 with a cast. It'd be fucking <laughs> sick. I would just, I would draw. I would just fill it with those like S's that people our age like drew in high school and whatever, where it's just like the six lines and you connect it. That's what I would do. It would just be full of that. It'd be fucking awesome. I tell people I did skateboarding in business meetings. I'd did you like, ever? Yeah, did you ever break your arm or your hand or anything in elementary school or middle school? Because that was the best, and you wouldn't you wouldn't have to do any work for a couple of weeks. No, I, I fractured didn't. my wrist. It was awesome. Like your throwing, like your writing hand. Yeah, I was roller. Yeah, I was like rollerblading, and I fell. I was in fourth or fifth grade, and then you know there was like we didn't have com- not everybody was using computers, yeah. so you can't write, you can't work, you just sit there and you basically get off for three or four weeks. So I remember being jealous before that of everybody else breaking their arm or breaking their hand, and then, then I finally got my shine. So, you, But, yeah, no, I would take did you I'd break take your wrist, Did you break your wrist on purpose? No, bit. I just fell on my ass rollerblading. I can't do rollerblading, roller skating, skateboarding, any of that, uh, and, I was in, and I just fell hard. I, I was just thinking it was like, because uh, you said you were jealous, like um, when Rookie of the Year came out. Uh, like, we were all trying to, yeah. we were all throwing our fucking arms at walls. Like, yeah, I'm going to play for the Cubs next week. How many kids do you think saw that movie and tried to break their arm on purpose? Well, I know if I'm counting me, that's one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you take a couple spills. I mean, I was stupid. I'm stupid now. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, no, I think because the hand, it just, yeah, I could recover from that where I feel like in the leg, it just like, next thing you know, you got a bone going through your skin. You're fucking Alex Smith. It's not good. But they're not. But you don't get to go to like a military hospital like he did, right? I'd be be stuck be stuck here. Uh, yeah. with with the common folk would wouldn't be as nice. Yeah, uh, you got it. You got anything else? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, my hobbies are pretty much uh, hanging out with my kid, and then like after that, it's just like smoking weed and like walking my dog, listening to music, and I think that someone should. As a closer, adopt the song Hero by Enrique Iglesias as their song. I think it would be sick. Uh, And I could have prepped this 
better in terms of like having it directly plugged into the phone or whatever. But do you know the song? No, nah, no, nah, I'd love to hear it. Can you hear it? Yep. So wait, so let me wait, wait, let me restart. Okay. So just picture this. I'm going to talk through it of like what's happening in real life, okay? So fucking Boone's coming out. We'll say it's for the Yankees because the whole thing is also you can only have like these elaborate entrances for the ninth inning. So like when we had Miller, he had the Johnny Cash entrance. When he went into like the eighth inning, they put that away. They couldn't use that unless he was coming in in the ninth because like Chapman was out or something like that. I don't really care much for Chapman's. Um, I did like, you know, I did like Miller's. Obviously, there was Enter Sandman. So it's kind of stupid. I was high when I came up with it. I'm a little high now. Here we go. So Boone comes out. All right. He's walking out to the mound. He says something up. He signals to the bullpen. We all know it's what's about to happen. Whoever it is is about to come out. And now the music takes over the stadium. And now just the cameras in the bullpen. Oh, he puts down his water, and now we're walking down the steps. The fans are swaying. He's getting some last instructions from Harkey. He looks back at the camera, and now we're out the door. Just doing a jog in. Mothers are hugging their sons. This is great. About now, we're getting into the infield. All right? Now we're talking to Boone. Here's the situation. This guy stinks. He swings his shit in the dirt like Gary does. Gary's like, hey, pasta? He's like, shut up, Gary. You stink. Get out there and get him. Now Boone leaves. Now our closer steps on the top of the rubber to throw his first warm-up pitch. The whole stadium singing. The whole stadium singing. I can the pain on. It would be, it would be fucking electric, dude. Imagine that in the World Series. Oh God, I have goosebumps. And is is part of your idea that it would kind of make the uh, opposing it, team a little emotional, start overthinking things? It would just like, Enter Sandman came on, and that fucking took over the stadium. Nobody went and got a beer. No, like you knew the game was over. You weren't headed to the parking lot. You weren't walking up to watch at the top of the ramp when fucking Enter Sandman came on. Now the Chapman, I was like, woo, 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 whatever. He goes running. It's like, oh, great. I'll watch him throw fucking three, a hundred miles an hour from my seat to warm up. Then I'm headed up to the thing. No, no, no. We need to, you know, we talk about the atmosphere in the stadium. Just imagine being <laughs> fucking devil race, right? They just lost the World Series. You pulled Blake Snell in Game Six. You traded him to San Diego, and now these guys are going to beat you with a whole stadium. Just going, I can be your hero. We're all singing it, dude. We're in two hundred five. It'd be fucking electric. See, I, I, it's interesting. You don't like the Chapman Flames. I like, I like the siren and the flames. That that kind of gets me going. It doesn't do it for you, though. No, no, not as much as fifty thousand people singing "Hero" by Enrique Iglesias would. That's how you win the game on the field and in their heads. Why? Well, I, I don't know why, but that reminds me of the video that was going around. I think it was '96 when the entire stadium was doing the Macarena. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not saying day one. When they, like, when whoever closes, if you, if anyone listening to this happens to know a relief pitcher in the major leagues, <laughs> tell them to make this their thing. I will then, I'll buy that jersey. I'm a fan of that guy. But it would take a little bit for people to pick up on it. But if that was the song that you picked, that would be fucking hysterical. It would be funny. You could see it going either way. You could see people loving it, embracing it, or you could see people being like, what the fuck? The guy who does that either blows zero saves ever or gives up a home run the first pitch the first time he tries this stunt. No in-between. It's like in basketball, the guy that'll do the underhand free throw. 
you're either making everyone or you're, you're going to look like an idiot and miss. Yeah, it's, it's, it's risky, man. I like that this is what you're thinking about in the offseason. Boone talks about winning the margins, the little things. This is exactly it. it. Yeah, like I can't play second base for the Yankees, but I can come up with these ideas. I just I think it's a terrific idea. An absolutely terrific idea. Because I'm, I'm a wrestling guy. So I'm into, like, the dramatics of, you know, all that shit. So entrances, man. Dude, that would be hysterical. Just towing the rubber for your first warm-up pitch and the whole crowd with Joe Buck just like, and the fans are going to take over the stadium now. And just like, I can be your hero, baby. That'd be great. You just see fat Irish drunk dudes swaying next to like Dominican moms. Like that's the Bronx, baby. Bring it in there. I. It'd be great. Bring people together. A lot of daydreaming in the off season. I spend a lot of a lot of my off season time daydreaming about different scenarios, being at the game, what they're gonna do. I think it's very normal. Very normal thing. You think about like what they're gonna do in the game. I have like replayed in my mind a hundred times my first time walking into Billy's. Like. Which door am I going to go in? <laughs> which, like, which bar? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the cast. You're thinking about the production crew and everything yeah. that, that goes into the performance. Which bar will I get my first drink at? How fat will the bartender's ass be? <laughs> it's going to be a fat ass. Like, these are the things that I am thinking about, you know? What am I, what's the first stadium eats going to be? What are the new things going to be to eat? a lot we got a lot to look forward to hopefully hopefully we, we can't don't want to jinx it but man you would think we got a lot more to look forward to in 2021 that we did in 2020 yeah yeah and uh i bought a house in the off season yes so I'm, yeah. I'm moving to new jersey it was kind of an impulse buy one of my bathrooms in my current house i'm renting like something a pump went or some shit mm-hmm. and i was just like i can't deal with this i went online i had seen this house and my wife and i talked and we're like we'll wait till after the holidays and i just went upstairs and was like this pump broke we're going to look at this house so i just showed up and was like i need this house like i just told her i was like, i need this house i just how much money is it i will give you that much and then we had to like write a letter like you have to write a letter to get them to like take your offer and they had offers for more money but they knew the dog story so the dog paid off. Talk about it. We talk about intangibles all the time. Yeah. Right? What can you do to, to put yourself o- over the edge? A little bittersweet for me. When I started this, I was like, man, we're going to be going to games all the time together. Yeah. Carpooling from Philly. So a l- little bittersweet, but I'm sure we'll still be able to. Uh, I thought, it. see, these are the things that I think about in the offseason. I've thought about like, well, if Nick just took the train into Jersey, I could pick him up going there coming home i'd have no problem making the extra stop because like the companionship and friendship to drop you off in the city but yeah i've thought or about I all this uber, stuff or just uber back from wherever because it's only what ha- it's like a half hour from yeah from philly right yeah it's, and it's not it's not on the way but it's also not out of the way i haven't i could just like i could leave you at like a fucking there's a pizzeria uno in cherry hill i could just drop you off at you could get a deep dish and a uber one time I got back to Trenton, I think it was after the 17 wildcard game, and this is like Tuesday night, 4 a.m., there were no more Ubers, and there was just a guy in a car that kind of rolled by, he's like, you looking for a ride? I was like, yeah, yeah, hopefully you don't abduct me, and I just gave him cash and he drove me home, so you, you never know what situation you're going to find yourself in after a playoff game. Yeah, one day I was uh, day drinking at that Pizzeria Uno that I just referenced in Cherry Hill in college. My buddy flipped his car and he needed like a pickup, so like me and another guy went, and there was just this dude with two chicks. Just they were the only other people in there, just slamming shots of tequila. It was like a Tuesday, um, and then I went out. We went to leave, and a guy, the guy and one of the girls were missing, and we went out. They were doing coke, and she was blowing him in the parking lot at the Pizzeria Uno in Cherry Hill. Yeah, oh there's no White Castle in Cherry Hill, unlike the movie says. But you get blown at the Pizzeria Uno, or maybe get an Uber. It was like a Tuesday, middle of the day. I was in college. That's mayhem, man. That's mayhem. I think uh, I think we got to end on that. Now, yeah. where can we follow you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Follow me at nkirbyny. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Yeah, hey, and uh, maybe we'll see it the same too. Oh, we should say we are not going to have a show every week because nothing's yes, happening. If the Yankees right. do something, 
we will we'll do a podcast. But with nothing happening, what are we going to get on here a week? And I'm going to tell you about the Cherry Hill fucking Pizzeria Uno. No, you don't want to hear that again. You want to hear about me talking about Enrique Iglesias? No. So we're going to um, come back after the Super Bowl, I guess. Like, I was thinking, yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday after the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter. I mean, if something happens, we sign DJ or whatever, like, we'll react. We'll get on. We'll do this. We've been hoping to. We've been texting each other about it. So, yeah. Um, and... We'll see when the season starts, but, you know, we're going to be the last team because we're going to figure it out, and we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.